Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Time now for the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, yes. Welcome in. It's Balloon Party, driven by Munganass, St. Louis Acura. Tim McKernan, Action Jackson with you for one hour of radio brilliance. Jeremy Rutherford with us in about 15 minutes. The Little Piddles weekend wrap-up exclusive. Yeah. Shoot them up. <laughs> Jackson. Yeah. Let me tell you a few things here, and I want you to listen and listen good. Turn my headphones up a little. Yep. Thanks. I can't get this mic to be stable. Okay, here we go. Number one. Dogs. Woof, woof. Dogs. Absolutely. How do you do? Outstanding stuff. Truly. Like, Where were you watching the game? First half, uh, my home. Second half, went out to a... a Cocktail lounge. Just speak hang, easy. I, just to hang out with my friends. They had the game on. and Where was it? You can tell me. I mean, then let the ladies know where you go. Ah, eh. No. Wow, look at this guy. Cryptic Johnny here, it's, huh? It's, it's, wow. Wow. Very cryptic. Wow. I wonder what was going on on the landing on Saturday night. But regardless, just a, had a great time hanging out. Interesting. I got to get to the bottom of this. Just had a great time hanging out. Somebody had bottle service at Napoli. <laughs> no, I did not. I can, I can tell you that is out of the question. But I had a great time watching it. And there was like so much energy, especially in like the last 15 minutes of the game. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. So uh, we're going to have some of the calls uh, from the uh, goals on Saturday night as the dogs beat Austin. But uh, here is here. This is a program that has, has gained so much popularity because of what is described as a macro POV, mm. macro point of view show. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like that show from 10 to 11 with the guys who, who they let play for an hour <laughs> uh, because they do macro POV. You're exactly right. So here's my macro POV to start this week, a week that I'm going to start broadcasting in St. Louis. I'm going to finish broadcasting in Florida. Here it is. Macro POV. While it is the suck that the Blues are in the spot that they are in at this point in February of 2023, a spot that I don't think most people saw coming. Not necessarily that they weren't a playoff team. I think some people wondered about that, but that it is in absolute disarray and all the UFAs are gone now. From a Battlehawks slash dog standpoint, what has happened over the last eight days and if you want to include going back 10 days with O'Reilly getting traded if you want to go back 17 days with Tarasenko being traded it couldn't be a better set of circumstances with the Blues clearly selling Mm -hmm. unloading being irrelevant and then the Battlehawks winning the two games they've won in the fashion they've won and the Dogs winning the game they won on a Saturday night with the stage all to themselves it is, from a macro point of view standpoint, as optimal as it could get for those franchises. Because if the Blues were still in the mix, like most people, I think at the beginning of the season, you might have said, well, they might not make the playoffs, so they might not be a team that's going to go deep. But end of February, they're still going to be live. And the Battlehawks wind up not coming back against San Antonio. And then their second game is, you know, late night on a Thursday against Seattle. Then they're 0-2, let's say. And the dogs lose, they don't have the comeback. Totally different kind of conversation. Yeah. 
from a macro standpoint, macro POV, it couldn't be better. With that said, I loved the energy we saw in Austin, and I think if you thought that was great, it's going to be even better on Saturday night. Yeah, couldn't agree more. I thought the atmosphere was you barely hear the play-by-play guys because it was so loud there. And it's the only pro sports team in Austin, but it's certainly a sports city with UT, University of Texas, right there. And so I thought that it was a really great atmosphere and cool to see. It's different than, uh, you know, the other four major sports. It's super upbeat from start to finish with choreographed chants and just high energy. People stand the whole time. You love to see it. You got to embrace change sometimes. And I think the city is going to do great at that when the when the dogs play their first. Absolutely, game. St. Louis known for embracing change. <laughs> Let's take a look. Listen to the uh, the calls of the uh, goals. Uh, this is courtesy of Y ninety eight. Joey Zanaboni on the call. Here is uh, the first goal in STL City's history. Second corner of the night. Opposite side. A beauty. Oh. A laser. Oh baby! Our city. Our spirit, our first, it's Tim Parker, it's 1-0 City. There's goal number one. Yeah. Stunning, the fans of Austin. For real. Yeah. Stunning. I was watching, it was just kind of like, okay, I'm watching history. And I figure they'll lose 2-0, right. maybe 3-1, whatever. I'm just happy that we got a team. Yep. Fine. Austin comes back, takes a 2-1 lead. Have a beautiful, uh, Jackson, you call it an equalizer at the end of the first half. Little lob wedge, 60 degree, you know, maybe from just you have to clear a bunker. That's what that was over Roman Burke. cheeky. You called it cheeky. I yeah. immediately texted me from Napoli and said, oh, it was so cheeky. Yeah. So 1-1, one, one, then they take a 2-1 lead, and you're going, okay, well, either way, it was entertaining. Maybe they can tie it and get a point. But alas, courtesy of a St. Louisan. Yeah, Kip Keller. Kip Keller one of the more surprising plays I imagine we'll see all year, and it happened to be in around, what, the 75th-ish minute? Right, right around that. Yeah. Uh, here is the uh, the dog's equalizer. Austin still oh. in its own end. A huge giveaway in deep. Oh. Tied. Oh. Oh. Jared Stroud! Oh, doctor! Overcharge him for a second-hand Bowflex! Let's get ripped! Joey Zanaboni on the call, courtesy of Y98. 2-2 is your score. Now we're going, holy crap. Look at this. We've stunned the people of Austin. We've stunned the people of Austin. We've stunned the MLS. Jackson, you couldn't believe it. Shocked. And about five minutes left before extra time, and then this happens. Holy crap. Leuven, great spin out of trouble. Jaukini yeah, from on. midfield pokes it on. Klaus in space. Klaus down the right side of the box. Cuts it back toward the middle. Oh! Joel Klaus! City leads! Oh, isn't this wonderful? Joel Klaus, Post Malone, 3-2 St. Louis City. Four minutes left in regulation. How do you do? Incredible. I was up out of, I was watching the game with my wife and my son. Other one was already in bed. And I shot off the couch. That's like awesome. a rocket. That's awesome. I was like, you got to be kidding me. That was a beautiful, Joel Klaus, that was a beautiful, beautiful to cut back and then go outside foot, hit the post like that. That was gorgeous. Hence the Post Malone reference. Yeah, that was that was a really, really good, and a great ball through to get him on, onto net there. That was awesome. So uh, they hold on. Austin with a chance with seconds left off the crossbar. Yeah, that was nuts. That would have been a brutal beat. And so what that creates 
there is already a great deal of momentum for what is to come this weekend. But you win, and it gets people talking. Like I said, Cardinals are at spring training. Blues just kind of going through the situation here for the final month and a half. And you got the stage to yourself. Oh, yeah. I know you're excited about LSU Ole Miss to wrap up the regular season. Yeah, I'm fired up as all get out. But... But... You got the stage to yourself. Yeah, for real. Pony up this Saturday and enjoy it. It's gonna be awesome. It's gonna. I'm really, really excited to see how. I just think the energy is gonna be off the charts, and I think the team's gonna. If they can play with the kind of energy they came out and played with at Austin in a road game in their very first game, I can't imagine what they're gonna do in front of the home fans in their home opener. Pooh. That's uh, those dogs. I'm telling you, what we are going to see, I think, on Saturday night, is comparable to a playoff atmosphere at the Enterprise Center at Bush Stadium or back in the day uh, when the Rams would have playoff games. I just think it's going to be like that from the get-go. And I love, I personally love, the idea of a youthful, new, energetic St. Louis sports scene. Yeah, And I think that's what you're going to have from the get-go. I cannot wait to see it. So tip of the cap to the win, the team, the organization for getting this thing up and off the ground, and uh, a week in which you will have a big portion of the volume of the St. Louis sports scene and a chance on Saturday night to own it uh, as the dogs have their first home game. Yeah, it's just absolutely incredible. Can't wait to see it. I think it's going to, and I think that this could carry on. I don't think this could just be, you know, the honeymoon effect of their first couple games. I think if they continue to play with this kind of energy, I don't see why this wouldn't be the the standard. Now, I know uh, I I will not be, uh, I will not be in town, and there's a lot of people upset about that. Um, And you already are going to Napoli, but um, for those who are going to be there, give this a run. Defense, doggies, defense. Love that. Defense, doggies, defense. Just see if you can get. Yeah, just try to get that going. I know it's a little complex. I'm going to do it again. So if people podcast, Alps Hire an Auto Center podcast. Defense, doggies, defense. Defense, doggies, defense. Yeah, that's really solid. That's it right there. That will propel them. Yeah, that kind of energy. Uh, I don't see why that wouldn't. Watch this. Defense, doggies, defense. Defense, doggies, defense. That's... Yeah. I am in the presence of greatness. Yeah, when when something like that, and keep in mind, I ad libbed that. I know it's that's that's the craziest part. I right. was going to ask, but I just assumed you did. Right, it's like watching Joaquin Phoenix do walk the line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're exactly. Yeah, I don't know who's who I'm sitting in front of. Good morning. I'm not doing that. That's from the six three six. You're lost. <laughs> you'll be the one person. Yeah, you'll be the guy that. who's not. Uh, Jeremy Rutherford is going to give us his take on Barbashev heading to VGK. I, here's my action, Jackson. Now, I gave you Chris Kirk on Friday. You sure did. I gave you Chris Kirk on Friday. I was all over these teams for my daily fantasy sports. God. Uh, Thomas Dietrich withdrawing and yeah, uh, Denny McCarthy missing the cut killed. But, uh, yeah, I had Justin Saw and uh, Chris Kirk, and that just shows you how big of an absolute nerd I am. If defense, doggies, defense. Didn't well, that tell showed you. your greatness. Right. So I don't think the two correlate. Um, but with, with regards to the plays here, I'm going to make Jr. he thinks they, they're done. We, I asked him, I said, what do you think is more likely? He doesn't say they're done, but he said more likely that it's Barbashev and then they see what happens in the off season. 
If I had to bet, I'm going to say they're going to do something else before Friday. Hmm. An acquisition or? Something else. Right. I think there are surprises. Hashtag surprises coming. Look forward to seeing it. We'll see what JR has to say. That's coming up next here on Balloon Party, driven by Munganess, St. Louis Acura on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's time for the Rutherford Report on 101 ESPN. Anything you folks want to know about the fascinating world of pro hockey, here we go. Welcome back. It's Balloon Party, driven by Munganass, St. Louis Acura, Tim McKernan, Action Jackson with you on the program. And it is our pleasure to welcome to the radio show a gentleman who came in studio on Friday for an emergency hit. And he wants another one. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Jeremy Rutherford. Morning, Jeremy. Timmy, Timmy, how you doing, buddy? I'm wonderful. How are you doing, brother? Good, good. Jackson's making weird faces, and I don't like it, and it's uh, distracting. What's going on with you? I'm fighting off a sneeze. I'm trying not to sneeze. Oh. Jackson's always making weird faces. It's news that he makes a normal face. Nice. Sharp shooting. I'm just trying to focus on not sneezing. Apologies. Yeah, he's Please really continue on with he's what really on in this. Uh, JR, the Barbashev move, thoughts. I see it's getting positive reviews from your cohorts on The Athletic. From the blue, st- from yeah, the blue sure standpoint... Does. Yeah, sure does look like it. First of all, gosh, these trades can go down any time, right? It could be uh, late Friday night like yep. O'Reilly, or it could be when you're pouring your Cheerios on a Sunday morning <laughs> with uh, with Ivan Barbashev. But another good one for Doug Armstrong and the Blues as he continues uh, this uh, trade haul. I added it up yesterday, Tim. Uh, first round pick in 2023, a first round pick, a conditional, a second in 24, a third in 23, a fourth in 24. And you get a player like Zach Dean yesterday in, in the deal for Barbashev. And, you know, I don't claim to uh, have watched this player before or know much about him. So I lean on what Corey Pronman, our guru, uh, our prospect guru at the Athletics, says. And uh, they really like him. He, he's a guy who played on Team Canada and was a top nine player in that group of forwards for Team Canada that won gold. And uh, what I was told was that he was taken to be on the team ahead of Zach Bolduc. So a lot of positive thoughts about Zach Bolduc at that Blues prospect. And here's a guy, Zach Dean, who was a Vegas prospect who was select, selected ahead of uh, Bull Duke. So should be a couple good forwards uh, coming into the system with those two guys in the future. So good trade for the Blues. I, uh, I posed this question to you when you were in studio with us on Friday, and I'm going to now circle back now that we've heard uh, more from Robert Thomas, uh, Kairou, Craig Berube, in response to the Thursday night postgame situation, as we'll call it, along with Doug Armstrong. And uh, I wanted to get your perspective. Do you still think that it is less likely uh, that the Blues make a surprise move between now and the trade deadline or anything over the weekend to give you indication that they may not be done? I, I continue to get a, over the weekend some indication that they may not be done, and that doesn't mean that unequivocally they will make a trade before uh, the deadline, March 3rd, coming up here very soon. But all indications are there. There still could be a move with that defense. I know when I talked to you last, I was thinking – uh, that that potentially, if it's done, could uh, be held off until the summer. Uh, but it sounds like the Blues are, are still intent on moving the defensemen, and the one that we continue to point to is uh, Colton Pareko. Uh, but you look at that situation, seven years left on the deal, how many teams out there are interested. We had heard uh, Ottawa through that report from Frank Zarafelli, but uh, Ottawa going through an ownership change, are they going to be able to 
get the okay on seven years as they go through that ownership transition. We don't know. Uh, but some interest in Colton Preco, and, and it, it's my belief that uh, the Blues would have interest in moving him, trying to make it happen before the March 3rd deadline, but if not, uh, in the summer. You know we like arbitrary percentages on this show, and uh, <laughs> and therefore I'm obligated to ask you what uh, percentage you would put at the chance of Colton Preco being moved before March 3rd. Yeah. I was waiting for the percentage. Absolutely. I'm, I'm focused on this guy across from me fighting off a sneeze, but I still didn't lose sight of the, <laughs> the greater goal. I overcame it. Yeah, you, you need that uh, plastic up during COVID. Like, you need that plastic in between. Yeah, you sneeze and, guard. Uh, and Jack. Yeah, like at the Golden Corral. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm actually just trying to delay to come up with a percentage. Right, here, I respect so that. I crack a joke there. <laughs> uh, you know, before March 3rd, gosh, I mean, you'd, you'd have to go pretty low, right? Like, I'd have to say... 30% for something Well, I think like a that. lot of people will be happy to hear one out of three. I think they'd yeah, take exactly. that. Yeah, so, exactly. So, you know, maybe I'm even guessing too high, 30%. But I'd say with the type of deal that you're talking about there, and here's the thing with the deal. Let's just use Colton Preco as an example here. Uh, you know, if you're Doug Armstrong, do you want something in return? Because I talked to a colleague, uh, Ian Mendez in, in Ottawa, and he said if the Blues were to trade Preco to Ottawa, are they trying to get something back? Are they trying to get – uh, a top prospect or top draft pick back, or are they just trying to unload that contract at seven years? And, you know, I said, I got to believe that Doug would be trying to get something back. Like, I don't think he's going to move Colton Preco for a fifth round draft pick just to, uh, just to move the contract, but you never know. Like if it's a situation where he just wants to, to move on from the player and get this thing looking differently next year in terms of the roster, you know, perhaps he would, but uh, you know, like, like I said, heard over the weekend that the blues are still, intent on trying to make something happen on that front there it is that's the one that i know a lot of blues fans are anxious to see here over the next handful of days between now and the trade deadline what did you think of what the sharks and the devils wound up doing yeah how about that so uh team of meyer does go to the new jersey devils probably the biggest uh, deal so far and uh, he's going to help that team that's really you know turned it on i think everybody thought that they would take a couple more years uh, before they were going to be contenders, but that happened sooner, and now they get even better with Timo Meyer, and they get it done without the contract extension. I think that's the biggest thing that kind of caught my attention. If you're going to make a deal for Timo Meyer and give up the package that uh, looks like they're going to give up, you're going to get some sort of extension there, but uh, they felt comfortable enough to, to finish the deal without that, so obviously they feel pretty good about the framework they have in place to get a deal done later on. So a big move for the New Jersey Devils. Uh, this is a question that was sent to me by a loyal listener of the program and a, and a huge Blues fan, and I'm going to uh, ask said query. Looking at the situation, I guess, from the end of the week, and that's uh, talking about the back and forth between Ruby and Thomas and Cairo and Torbchenko's comments. I, I am reminded that an explanation for Alexandrov, neighbors, and other prospects staying in the NHL earlier this year was that they were better off outside of the situation in St. Louis. Was that because of the standard stressors related to an underperforming team, or was it a suggestion that there was really something wrong in the room all season? Yeah, I think if we're looking at the situation, honestly, I, I think that you know, there was a chemistry in the room that probably uh, Doug Armstrong uh, was aware of and probably didn't want young players to be around. How much, you know, you talk about percentages, how big of a percentage was that? You know, I'm not yeah. so sure. I think, I think it was more so what Doug actually came out and said is that the team wasn't playing well and you're going to put these young players who are trying to find their 
find their feet and get into the NHL and get into uh, the Blues organization, and now you're putting them into a situation where the team just isn't playing well. So I, I think that's the that's what he was looking at mostly. But, yeah, I think everybody's been aware that from the get-go it just hasn't been a great situation within the room. And, you know, people are asking, okay, well, what's the issue there? Well, you had Tarasenko kind of on island. He knows uh, he's halfway out the door, right? And then, uh, you know, there's some other situations. So I think that uh, Doug Armstrong probably did the best thing at the time. But now you get past this trade deadline, Tim, and uh, you're going to have to play some of these young players. Jake Neighbors is hurt, so he's going to be out for a while. Uh, but I think once they get the roster solidified uh, come this weekend, you got to look at those last uh, 15, 18 games as a situation to, to get more players, uh, young players, some playing time. Any reading between the lines for you on Doug Armstrong's comments on uh, on Friday? Which ones uh, specifically? Are well, we talking I mean, about? I, I had a, a variety of people say that they did not get the same sense of support for Craig Berube that they got early on in the season when he did his first kind of state of the union. Um, now, I, I suppose before you answer that, what I would say in that situation is one of the reasons why I think he spoke back when he did was because there was a bunch of attention on, oh, maybe the Blues are going to fire Craig Berube, and the only person who's been talking really is Craig Berube. And so he felt like he wanted to put that out right away and also let the media hear from somebody different. So this is a this is a bit of a different set of circumstances. But with that said, did you read anything on that on, on Friday with Armstrong? I did not. Uh, I was standing there, and I was there for the whatever it was, eight or ten minutes with Doug Armstrong. And I don't think that Craig Bruby was asked about specifically, and I'm not saying that you're insinuating that, but uh, you know, anything that I got about Craig Bruby out of that ten minutes with Doug Armstrong was that he felt that uh, Bruby and Torpchenko spoke with, raw emotion and I didn't feel like Doug Armstrong was you know chastising or or upset with Berube he just felt that that was part of being a coach and being at the podium 10 minutes after the game and saying what he said so Mm -hmm. uh yeah in terms of you know reading between the lines and is this a situation where you know now months have passed and now it is a situation where they examine the coach and see if they want to move forward with him I didn't get that out of the 10 minutes with uh Doug Armstrong uh, I don't know exactly. I must have missed something here. Rutherford can't drop the quote other situations comment and not elaborate. Come on. That's from Sharon. Sharon's had <laughs> enough. Uh, could you elaborate on other situations? Well, you just have the situations with the, the contracts with uh, Kyrou and Thomas, and we've talked about that. That's kind of why I glossed over it this time is because we brought it up a few times. So you have a situation where there's other guys who'd like to stay here in St. Louis and you know, like a Ryan O'Reilly and continue on, and all of a sudden two guys, 23, 24, got $8 million a year ahead of time. And, and uh, you know, uh, you, you look at uh, some of the work from these young players and have they established themselves yet? No, but Doug's doing the prudent thing by getting them on the books uh, before they have a chance to, you know, do something like Matthew Kachuk did. So I think that was an issue early on in the season. And then, like, if we're being totally honest, like uh, Jordan Bennington is a guy who – He's in the locker room, and he's always giving it his all, and he's emotional. Does that rub off wrong on some of the the players in the locker room? It it can at times. So I think you're looking at two or three, four different issues when you talk about that locker room chemistry and, uh, you know, just to touch on a few of them there. Jeremy Rutherford here on Balloon Party, driven by Mungadass St. Louis Acura every Monday. And then when there's emergency sessions, he just comes in the studio and and breaks it down. So we are grateful for that. JR, thank you so much for your time as always, sir. 
All right, thanks, boys. There thanks, is Jeremy John. Rutherford brought to you here on 101 ESPN's Munganess, St. Louis Acura Balloon Party. We'll take a commercial break, and then we have this Little Piddles weekend wrap-up roundup. Why? I think I call it the Wicked and Wild oh, weekend wow. wrap-up. Wow. Uh, that's coming up on the other side of the break. I'm Tim McKernan. That's Action Jackson. This is Balloon Party, driven by Munganess, St. Louis Acura on 101 ESPN. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. Tim McKernan with you. Top of the hour. BK and Ferrari will take over. This program is driven by Mulligan S. St. Louis Acker. Jackson. That's right. And we're fresh off of uh, Jeremy Rutherford joining us. So the podcast is always available for you to go back and listen. Dobbs Tire and Auto Center. I think the headline from that is uh, that he's given it a 30% chance that uh, Colton Pareko gets mm-hmm. Yeah, that's traded. certainly noteworthy. Yeah, very much that. noteworthy. And yeah. he was just trying to answer it. Now I'm going to turn it. That, that's social media right there. I'm doing social media on the radio. Yeah. Tweet. I'll get 100 likes. Jeremy Rutherford just reports on Balloon Party on my show. That's what he said. On my show. <laughs> That Colton Pareko's chances of getting traded by Friday, thirty percent. Thoughts respond in the comments, and then he doesn't get moved. And then someone replies like twenty minutes after the deadline passes. This aged poorly. Absolutely, that's social media. Yeah. There it is. Uh, Jackson, you have the Little Piddles weekend wrap up rendezvous. Yes, we do. We're also giving away tickets, Tim. We're giving away tickets for our text of the day today. What? Yeah. 314-399-9646, Air Comfort Service text line. 101 ESPN is your chance to score a pair of single-session passes to the 2023 State Farm Missouri Valley Conference Men's Basketball Tournament. It's the 33rd annual MVC tournament hitting the court at Enterprise Center this Thursday, March 2nd through Sunday, March 5th. Tickets for Arch Madness are on sale now. Get all the ticket details at 101ESPN.com. You can win a pair of single-session passes right now. By texting into 314-399-9646. How do you do? Ladies and gentlemen, it's the Little Piddles Weekend. Uh, wi- <laughs> wicked and Wild Weekend Wrap-Up. Nice. And I kind of, you know, we've touched on a lot of these things. Um, so oh, so now, we're, now we're underselling no, it. No, 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 no. The there questions goes, are still. the old time spent listening. The, qu- the questions are still strong. I'm going to start out with one thing we haven't talked about yet. C.B. Buckner. How about that whole deal? What do you make of the situation between him and Ali Marmol? Do you think it's petty they didn't shake Marmol's hand? Do you think this feud will continue on during the season? Will the MLB do anything about it? Uh, it's hack. Got hack umpires. Apparently Angel Hernandez is in that crew, too. I don't know what they're doing. If they're, like, doing a tour like Steve Martin and Martin Short, <laughs> like, hey, come see both at the same time. Uh, so it's hack. I mean, it's beyond me. You know, I get it. I Actually, we talk about producer Joe on TMA holding grudges. And in a way, if you really do hate somebody, I, I don't I don't have a problem if you just shake hands and then you kind of handle things behind closed doors. Right. But I also do have a bit of respect for not shaking hands if you really do hate someone. I know this goes back to the Arizona Diamondbacks and the Cardinals, and I yeah. think it was August of last year where they got sideways. However, when you're an umpire, just like if you're a judge, 
you're not in a spot to to allow it to come off as personal. You can't do that. Right, exactly. So it's a different deal than like a guy you got sideways with because you like, you know, hooked up with your girlfriend in 2012. <laughs> right. You know? <laughs> and I was, know you were going to tell that story here coming up in the final segment. I was not, but uh, I, I would say that like, if it was the opposing manager and Ollie, you know, not friendly, you know, that's going to happen. There's certainly been histories of that. But when you have an umpire... Someone who's going to be calling the game, officiating right. the game, and he has this is so amazing such a vendetta against you that he won't shake your hand. Is the MLB like, well, that could lead to some bias? And am, and am I off the mark here on this? But isn't baseball the only one of the four major sports? All due respect to MLS and XFL, four uh, major North American sports, that has this with like people know the names of right. And then the umpires become these guys who are be, become like Don Corleone, and you can't get to them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're you, bad at their job. They have attitudes that, if they were in a workplace, a standard workplace, they go, "Okay, we're going to get rid of this guy." Right. You know, but these guys get to stick around. It's it's legitimately a phenomenon. Yeah, I just think it's super weird. I'm curious to see how the MLB handled it because, like you said, it's like a judge. You can't necessarily have bias there. All right, next one. Uh, the MLB rule changes are rearing their head early as the Red Sox-Braves game was hinged on the batter's box infringement. Do you like the MLB enforcing these rules by the book? How long do you think it will take the players to adjust? Do you think there could be a situation where major game implications could be hinged on the, the pitch clock or the, the batter's box rules? Yes, I and I do like them enforcing it. Mm -hmm. Now, I think I, I'm anxious to see what we will be saying in a couple of months of regular season baseball because over the weekend, the games moved at a much more brisk pace. Even games with lots of walks and runs, the games were going about two and a half hours. That is substantive. Yeah. And now, I don't hear other sports having this major concern minus college football's recent rumblings yeah because if you enjoy something you don't necessarily want it to end quicker right unless you're me in my senior year of high school and so in this particular case it strikes me as odd that we're trying to reduce the amount of the leisure activity and says a lot for the caliber of the leisure yeah, activity well, there's no doubt about that so that's just something to, again, this is a macro POV. Right. And, I mean, you look at the other sports, hockey, football, basketball, all have clocks that tick down. So you do not have the uh, right the situation that you have with with baseball. But it is college basketball. College football has it, and oh, yeah. games are going four hours, so they're, they're looking at the same kind of thing. Either way, I'm anxious to see how I personally feel and how fans feel about it because it did have a material impact, that clock. Oh, yeah. Now, if you have the final out of the World Series determined by Manny Machado taking too long in the batter's box, that would be a moment. Right. Or taking too long and them not calling it, too. Right. That's the other side of it where you can't be, you have to enforce it by the book. Yeah, I think I, I'm, I'm a fan of it just because I don't need to see guys readjusting their batting gloves six times and taking three practice hacks between each pitch. Let's go. Let's get the game moving. All right, next question. Sent you an article detailing the absolute crazy day that Saturday was in college basketball as we were just a mere two weeks away from Selection Sunday to seeing these wild finishes, upsets, make you more excited about the tournament. Um, no. And I know you're like, here's what you are. You want to know what you are, I'll tell you exactly what you are because you want to know what you are. And you're I have about a to feeling find out. I know what I, who I am. You're the guy, actually, probably more often the girl who really wants to see a couple get together. Mm. 
And the guy just is like, yeah, I don't know what to tell you. I'm sorry. I just don't see it. You can't sell me on college basketball as much as you love it. I love that you love it. It's like uh, on TMA today, we had somebody call in and talk about how much they hated Full Swing on Netflix. And I'm like, yeah. And then somebody goes, Tim, didn't you say you like it? I go, yeah, I did say I like it. But just because this dude calling in doesn't like it doesn't mean, oh, well, hold on a second. I don't like it. I don't care. You like it. I just can't get all worked up about it. All right, I yeah. feel like I feel like we're playing war in the casino. <laughs> There's just it's just it's just it's just luck boxing. And well, so that's how I, I Jackson, I wish I, I w- maybe in a couple of weeks. I'll be like, oh, my God, I can't get enough of it. But it just doesn't rope me in like other sports. That's do. fair. And like we and I know you love it. And I, I let me also say this. I wish I loved it. Uh-huh. I wish I loved it. I, I enjoyed the uh, clip on the Twitter tweets of Arizona State oh, from 60 feet. That was great. Against Arizona. Iowa, Michigan State. Iowa scored like 25 points in 90 seconds to tie that one up. Jawan Howard has wonderful history in Madison, Wisconsin. Yep. And, then, and so he got to go against the Badgers and have fun in games. I understand. Uh, but it just, it just, even with Missouri being all but a certainty to be a tournament team, I still am not falling back in love with college basketball like I was 20 years ago. It's just where I am. But that I'm not saying other people should should join me. Right. I'm if I did never want to take enjoyment, and also I would never tell people what they should and shouldn't like. Just for whatever reason, it isn't there for me. Now I suppose if Missouri is playing in the Sweet 16, I'm into it. But mm-hmm. I also I just don't think I'll ever get back to where I was 20 years ago. And I don't necessarily have a, a great explanation as to why, but that's where I am at the moment. I, your comparison was the, the girl wants to see the couple. I, I thought I felt a little more like Russell Crowe in Gladiator saying, you know, are you not entertained? Because, but, you yeah, know. Yeah, it's a, it's a great, they're great endings. Right. But it doesn't, I, I get it. And like we always say, some people I, like some I, things. I, I honestly think the thing that bothers me the most about it is how impactful what is absolutely guessing and overselling of officiating is and how clearly impactful it is when it's at a home team. No doubt. Now, the NCAA tournament and the region and the conference tournaments take that out of the mix for almost the entirety of it, yeah. with the exception of the traditional Duke and Greensboro appearance for the first weekend, but I don't think they'll get that this year. So I want to love it. I want to love what you love, boy. Mm-hmm. I want to love what you love, boy. Yeah. I just don't love it like you love it, boy. And that's very fair. Okay. And that's, uh, I, I'm not going to like fault you for it. That's People like what they like. Amen. Uh, we've kind of touched on everything else I had in my wild. Oh, the Little Piddles Weekend Wicked and Wild wrap-up well, is just an, fizzling I, out. I had a, what is uh, this? I had another Missouri basketball question, oh, but I figured I, I put that one in the holster. And then the other question was, what are your thoughts on the Barbershev deal? We talked about that with JR. We did. And then my other question was, what do you think of the dogs? And we talked about it in the first segment. So it's kind of, we already did. The, the, I can't wait to watch Saturday night. I know. It's going to be awesome. It's, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be weird. Because I, I won't be here and we'll probably be out in in Florida, mm-hmm. and I'm going to be on my phone watching an MLS game, which is something that if you would have told me five years ago would be going on, I go, well, that's impossible. <laughs> I mean, it's just absolutely impossible unless I like got inside word that there was going to be an outcome, right, right? And I said, okay, everything we own in the middle, and then I shall watch. In that situation, I'm not sure I would watch. But in this case, I can't. I, what I can't. I, it's not the game necessarily, although I loved the game on Saturday yeah. night. It's the atmosphere. Right. Exactly. I just think the atmosphere, minus a Cardinal playoff game or a Blues playoff game, is going to be unlike anything we've seen in St. Louis. I don't know in about twenty years, as far as a regular season game goes. Energy, youth, 
And I think it's great for the city. I think that is a great thing. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that fires me up. This, this old, grumpy, you know, bitching, you know, don't stand up. It's just like, yeah, too bad. We're standing up. Yeah. We're going to cheer. And if you don't like it, don't come. Don't care. Bingo. And I love that. Bingo. I love that. Let's Couldn't... turn the effing page. 1046 in St. Louis, you are listening to Balloon Party, driven by Munganess, St. Louis Acura on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. Final segment of Bloom Party, driven by Munganess, St. Louis Acura. Here on 101 ESPN, BK and Ferrario top of the hour. Jordan Walker went raking yesterday. Here is Chip Carey's call of the home run. Brad Thompson in the booth alongside Jordan Walker. First inning, how do you do? Swing, fly ball, wallop. Jordan Walker, deep left center field. That ball is gone. That's how you start a spring game with a bang, wouldn't you say, partner? That's what these fans were waiting for, to see the young 20-year-old phenom. He doesn't waste any time. Jordan Walker, first pitch, swinging. Boom. There it is. Let me tell you something, Jackson. I need you to listen right now, not yeah. stifle a sneeze. No, I'm good. The science go back pressure. to Dame time. Oh, my, the science pressure in my eyes is just ridiculous, but we're good. Jordan Walker has a chance to own St. Louis over the next decade plus. He's 20 years old, sick talent, incredibly likable, charismatic guy. This is quite a live situation. It's quite a live situation here. Agreed. Agreed. And it's perfect that he's Cardinal farm guy, system prospect, get brought up. If he looks... You just said a bunch of words, and if it were a sentence and I tried to diagram it, we'd be here for hours. My sinuses are just it's all It's the sinuses that impact. This, this left eye, I, I'm about to start tearing up. Uh, my main point is if Jordan Walker looks like he looks right now at 20 years old, imagine what he's going to look like at 25, 26. He's built like he's already in his prime. His swing is gorgeous. Like Everything about Jordan Walker for his future is pointing in a great direction. Got a little Mason win uh, this weekend as well. Also great see to see. I mean, that's the future right there. The young guys. Um, and uh, and by the way, uh, Paul DeYoung update, which seems to be... <laughs> Needed. Uh, John Denton, who has joined us on this program, MLB.com writer for the Cardinals, reporting that Ali Marmol said this morning that he is not going to play the field for a few days because he's dealing with arm fatigue. But he is hitting fifth today against the Mets, DHing. So if you did go down to Jupiter to watch him play... You'll still get a chance to watch him hit. That's great. That's so great. There you go. Um, yeah, I, I know a bunch of. The, I think Tommy Edmond is leaving today for the WBC. I think O'Neill and Newt Bar are leaving not too soon after, or not too far away after. So, uh, uh, a lot of opportunities for guys like Mason Wynn and Jordan Walker and other prospects to sh- show what they're made of. And, uh, with regards to um, the, uh, the the pitch clock thing, the the amount of time shaved off of games really was something else this weekend it was it was something to behold and if it's if it's going to lead to not necessarily the games being faster although that is but it keeps up the pace of play that's the thing that you can have being impactful so that was one of your questions in the little piddles wild and wicked weekend wrap up (laughs) and and that is something to keep a close eye on here um if you find yourself, and you might not even be aware of it, going, man, this seems a little bit different this year. That 
has had a substantive impact in a short amount of time. And so, yeah, call, call them out to wrap up a game in spring training, send a message. And I like that they did that. Yeah, I'm, I couldn't agree more. I, I'm a big fan. Uh, from a broadcast standpoint, breaking news at about 5 o'clock, uh, Jackson's a Wall Street Journal guy. I, I don't think I need to say that because it probably seems redundant. But the Wall Street Journal uh, had this exclusive on Friday afternoon. Now, this is not Bally's, so therefore this is not St. Louis mm-hmm. with the Cardinals and the Blues and the other 18 franchises. Um, but this is Warner Brothers. And Warner Brothers has... The Astros, the Pirates, the Rockies, um, they have the Jazz and the Houston Rockets, and and they have the Penguins. And they said to those teams, we cannot pay to keep broadcasting these games. It's a Wall Street Journal exclusive on Friday afternoon, late Friday afternoon. So I was wondering if it was a Friday afternoon news dump. uh, And basically said to the teams, here, have it. Good luck. So... That does not directly impact the Cardinals and the Blues, but it may be indicative of what could be coming for the Cardinals and the Blues. And I have a, a gentleman who's a television executive, not in St. Louis, uh, more on the, uh, the b- bigger picture sure. scene, um, who was uh, texting with me about this situation on Friday. And I'm going to read some of the exchange here because this is this is the topic that right now, because because if you can imagine a moment comes, whether it be today or whether it be a few weeks from now, where there is announcement that there is a bankruptcy filing and the Cardinals will not be on television. Now, I'm not saying that is going to happen. I want to make that clear. But imagine that happening mm-hmm. and then build with the third doing an interview. And, yeah, it's you know, we wanted to see how things would play out, but this is going to have an impact for us. Then it come, becomes a story that I would imagine is the lead. Right. And right now I'm telling you, I think it's a story that is worthy of keeping an eye on because it could become the lead. Right. Uh, this executive said, the business model is imploding. Uh, I've never seen anything like this. It is like the 1929 market crash for RF Sens. Uh, he went on to say, the WB move, as in Warner Brothers, is basically throwing rights back at teams saying, good luck, this is impre- unprecedented. Uh, he said, I spoke to somebody at another um, large corporation to see if there is a play for them. And I said, so as of right now, how would people see Astros games? And he said, I don't think they will. Chapter 7 is lights out, doors closed. Warner threw the whole deal in the laps of these franchises and said, good luck. The defending World Series champions have no television deal. Uh, and I said this because I think a lot of people talk about this, understandably so, but, you know, it's it's not, I mean, even though this is what I've been doing for all of my career, it's not like I know. So I asked this question because I see it get talked about quite a bit. Um, can the Cardinals do a Yes Network style mm-hmm. network, as in the Yankees network, and turn a profit? I want to, I want to include that second part because it's important. Uh, he said, setting up the infrastructure would be very hard. The Cardinals have lived on rights fees, and it's not as easy to do this stuff as most people think. They are fairly risk-averse, so I don't know if the Cardinals would be that bold. And I said, so what's the solution? He said, I think they want the league to come up with a solution. The curtain has been pulled back, and it's just a guy with lights and a smoke machine. Jeez. So there it is, and that's why I have been keeping a close eye on this, because even if the games are on television— um, where they will wind up being, 
whether it be in two months or in two years, I would tell you it's going to be likely different than what it has been for the last two years. And then secondarily, it can impact things on the field. Even if you're like, well, it's going to be on television. I'll wind up being able to watch it. I'll just have to switch again. Uh, does it impact the Cardinal business model? And so for those who have wondered if the Cardinals could do their own regional network, here is somebody in television at a, at a large corporation, not just like, you know, producing on the weekends mm-hmm. at KMOV. No disrespect to producing on the weekends at KMOV. I anchored on the weekends at KMOV. But I'm telling you it's coming from a sports business perspective and saying that isn't necessarily the direction that the Cardinals would go. So, with all of that said, there it is. There is the news. BK and Ferrari are coming up at the top of the hour. Jackson has this, though. Uh, we got the winner for the text of the day and the Arch Madness passes. Uh, Tyler wins with this text. Classic Jackson withholding things from the people because him and the Napoli nincompoops wanted to hold the tickets to themselves. Wow, wow, wow. Well, and that's what was going on. Alliteration is going to get you some bonus points. And to use the word nincompoop all up in there. You like that. I think that's an FCC violation. You might be held accountable for it. I think that's one of Carlin's seven dirty words. That's one I'll wear. Oh, wow. Proudly. All right. Congratulations. The tickets are out. BK and Ferrario are up for Action Jackson. I'm Tim McKernan. This has been the Munganass St. Louis Acura Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.